0: Hey, what is going on, FEI podcast listeners? Today we are joined by a very special guest. We are gonna be joined by CJ Alvarado for this episode. CJ flew all the way out here from California to join us for our last live gathering. And he joins us to talk about how as young adults in our professional lives and our lives in general, how we win the room and how we win the room in our professional lives. Our influence and our impact grows and we get more opportunities, but also the opportunity grows for us to influence more people for the sake of the gospel. It's an amazing conversation if you're trying to figure out how you can grow your influence in your professional lives. I'm so excited for us to jump in, let's get it.
1: So yeah, uh, I run a company called Bamboo Creative and uh, we're a marketing company. We say we help uh, brands take new ground. Uh, I've got a daughter, Emma Grace, love of my life. And uh, yeah, I get to work with some, some great folks. We, get, we do work with a company called Masterclass. I don't know if you guys have heard them. Video company. They do training online. Uh, Yamaha History Channel. But we get to do work with folks like Flatirons and a number of other churches too. So it's fun. I get to play in both worlds. Yeah, so, you know, at some point you have to bring an idea, uh, even if you're working with a group of creatives or a group, and you bring an idea and you bring it to someone, right? And you have to share that idea. And there's a decision that gets made, right? And so the room represents those spaces and places essentially where decisions get made. That can be on Zoom. That can be in like an actual boardroom, a meeting room, someone's office. But there's always a place and a space where decisions are made. So if you think about promotions, if you think about uh, who gets a raise, if you think about what team is going to get resource, I've had to do marketing campaigns and pitch ideas, what ideas get approved and what don't, uh, for what reasons, all that happens in the room. And what I started realizing, just working for me personally with creative teams, there was always this point where it was like, we had this great idea, this team was super excited, we take it somewhere, and then it was like a whole other battleground. Right. And I, and I just started realizing like there the difference between you know, these groups that are getting ideas through and making a a huge impact oftentimes has very little to do with your talent, right? So like your hard skill, design, photography, finance, sales, sure, that's really important. But then there's this whole other set of skills of like managing the room and winning the room, being able to communicate the idea in a way that it got through. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's
0: kind of the, the, the origin of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when, when it comes to, I think, winning the room and being able to do that, I think as young professionals, I think all of us in here would say we want to flourish in our careers as we figure out our careers. How how would you first and foremost, what would you say are things that young adults can do young professionals in their career? What sets them up best to to start doing that to win the room when they're in it and when they're not in it? Yeah.
1: So the first thing uh, I say is there's there's four P's that I like to think about and you can do it. Anyone can do this no matter what age or what role you, you have in a, in a company, even if you run your own company. The first P is understanding the perception someone might have of you. Sure. Now, I'm not talking about like being, uh, not being authentic, not being genuine, but all of us here, like within seconds, the brain is coming up with some idea about everyone we see here. You have an idea about me, and it's cool. We're good. We're good. You got some. You you got
0: some drip, bro. I love you. That's my (laughs) idea. Okay. So there's there's
1: ideas. (laughs) There's already ideas, right? Uh, Drip, drip. So you like you're you already have something in your mind going. Well, and that's pretty human. That's pretty normal. What what we don't usually realize is that those perceptions are working for you or against you, whether you're in the room or not. Sure. So when you're when someone's deciding whether you get a raise, you're not in the room. What's in the room? Mm-hmm. The idea of you. <laughs> no one pays attention to yeah, that. Right. Right. And so it breaks down into two things. Perception. Like it breaks down to how we, how we manage ourselves, our self presentation, which is the yeah. easy piece. Yeah. Right. People think about dress and things like that. And yeah. that's, that should be appropriate to where you work. Uh, but it's also the baggage that the beholder has of someone who was in your position before you.
0: Interesting. So you're talking like in terms of baggage like if there was a, if there was a negative experience that maybe a superior had with someone before you, they're already placing that on you bringing that in. Wow, yeah.
1: They're already thinking, "Man, working with creatives is always like a waste of my time." Sure. Or "Man, these guys are just they're super crazy, but they can't yeah. get anything done." It's freaking engineers always Those have engineers, to get everything right. right Those dude. engineers are all about, I know numbers, you're all there. right? There's a perception. <laughs> There's a perception. I love the engineers. Uh Me so too. There's a perception at work there, right? And so the first thing we have to really think about is what is that perception that's out there? And it's floating around all the time, believe it or not. Like you listen to some folks talk, you know, someone might say like, oh, you go pitch the idea. They listen to you. Yeah. That's a perception. Sure. Or someone might say like, she's so good. She's rock solid at what she does. She's just really nice. Yeah. That's a perception. That may translate in some leadership circles as you're really good, but maybe you can't handle where Mm. you want to go. Yeah. Right. And so it may seem really silly. Sure. But these perceptions are what pretty much they're the co-pilot to reality. Yeah. Right. And so I always tell people you have to pay attention to them because people treat you the way they think of you, not the way you think of you. Hmm. So you're thinking like, I'm such a hard worker. I'm loyal to this place. I haven't gone home and like I'm working 12 hours. That's how you think of you. Sure. That may not align with how they think of you. Yeah. Wow. You know I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. And w- with you saying that I got two questions that kind of popped in my mind. The, the first question I have for you is, okay, so, so what can we all practically do? You know, ha- having that reality being made aware to us that people have perceptions of you. And like you said, they're not always your own perception. How would you say for, for a room of young professionals, young adults trying to navigate careers, job fields, all that stuff, how would you advise people to Uh, not a disingenuous way, but how would you advise them to maybe better those perceptions in the eyes of their superiors and coworkers? Like, what are some things you've seen work or what are some things that you would advise young adults to do to kind of build those perceptions up in a positive way?
1: Yeah. Anytime I'm working with especially new teams or younger people, I'm like, I'm going to give you this acronym L A N D land. We want to land the plane. We want to land the right perception. L is listen, pretty Mm self-explanatory. Just listen to what's out there. A stands for ask go to someone, go to three people that you like to work with and ask them, Hey, real talk, real talk.
0: Mm.
1: What is it like working on the other side of me? Yeah. What's it like on that other side? What's it really like? Cause they're going to tell you good stuff. Sure. Then go to three people that you're like, we work well professionally, but we're probably not kicking it after work. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. ask them the same question. Hey, honestly, what's it like working with me? When you mm-hmm. think about me, I'm just looking for some professional advice Yeah. And keep it professional, right? Like so you want to ask and you want to be on the, on the offensive on that. Like you, you have to take responsibility of your own career. Go right? first. Yeah. You got to do it. N stands for navigate. Once you kind of hear what those are, you need to navigate. What is it that you want to know? Just pick three things. I want to be known as creative. I want to be known as strategic, but I also want to be known as empathetic. Those are my three. CJ is a guy who thinks strategically. He's a pretty creative dude, but he's also like pretty easy going. Yeah. Like that's, those are my three. So I want to drive those three all the time. Sure. D stands for demonstrate. You have to demonstrate how your skills and ability are helping move the needle on things that people really care about. Sure. Yeah. So I, I use L-A-N-D as kind of a simple acronym. dude, I
0: love it. I love it. Now on, on kind of a similar note, I'm um, taking a little different direction how, how would how would you maybe say, or what do you do um, to keep that in check, right? Because I think a lot of times when we're, uh, w- one of the pitfalls I know I fall into a lot is worrying way too much about what people thinking about me, right? And like not being authentic and trying to, you know, be a chameleon and change to be a people pleaser. How do you draw that line, like you yourself, and how do you advise people to maybe draw that line between be aware of those perceptions and know how to build a positive one, but also like not losing sleep over it because you're just people pleasing left and right. Like how would you advise somebody to do that?
1: That's so good. Cause I'm a low key people pleaser.
0: I think we all are. You are. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Like,
1: yes. Yeah. So maybe couple. Man, got all a right. few, yeah, so all low right. key. I do <laughs> lose sleep. I like in the past. I thought, oh, did I say that too harsh? Like someone had a weird face on and oh, maybe I, like, I, sure. oh, yeah. that. I'm the king of just being able to overthink. And so I've, I've had to be able to acquire some tools to kind of get out of that. One of the things that I found really helpful is that when we're going into a room, there's always decision makers. Yeah. And so I learned this, uh, working in the music, music industry, you're always around celebrities, you're around yeah. producers and, and whatever. And so I'll never forget this, this one time I was in a meeting, I got invited in my young twenties into this meeting. I had no business being in this meeting. Y'all we were planning uh, a thing called TRL for MTV's or MTV, okay. You guys, yeah. Okay. So I was like 24 and I had no business being in this room. And uh, I'm sitting there overthinking. Mm. I, what am I gonna say? Oh my god, I don't want to say anything stupid. Like, should I jump in now? 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 Like, I was, I'm like just yeah, straight up right. in my head. Uh, at the break, about an hour in, I go outside and I'm talking to one of the producers, and I am just like totally complimenting this guy, flattering him. Mm. My boss and mentor, Christopher, at the time, pulls me aside and he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And I was like, ah, "I'm good." And he's like, "You good? You good?" He said some pretty colorful words, so I'll keep it PG. (laughs) Uh, But he was like, What are you doing? He didn't say that. (laughs) But he's basically, that's probably a four letter. -letter Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Plenty of those. He was like, What are you doing? And I was like, What do you mean? And he said these words I'll never forget. He said, Don't be nice, be instrumental. Mm. And I was like, Dang.
0: Mm.
1: I was so busy trying to be light Mm. that now I wasn't even aware of like, what is the problem we're trying to solve? So the idea isn't to be a a jerk, sure, right? But instead of focusing on being liked or being nice, focus on instrumentality. Hmm. What is the problem? What are these guys really trying to solve? How can I use whatever ability that I have to be instrumental in that? What happens is your brain has to focus on something. So if you're thinking about yourself, and you have nothing to kind of move you out of that or break that fixation,
0: you're stuck. Well, and a cool thing I hear you say in there in that is like, I think uh, worrying about people pleasing comes from insecurity. But what you said about being instrumental, that almost comes from confidence in your own abilities. So when you're focusing on this is genuinely who I am, you're asking the question of, not necessarily how do I become whatever I need to be to, to please people, but what have I uniquely been given and that I could be confident with to help solve this problem or, or kick the ball further down the field?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a huge part of it. And I feel like that's side one of the coin is just understanding. I have some unique gifts and things to contribute. The other side of this is that some of you guys are going to be in some rooms where you're around really talented people and it's very competitive, like yeah. working, you know, uh, with Apple or others. It's really competitive, yeah. man. Like if you cry and say, I'm, I'm done, they're like, go ahead. Yeah, We've got 400 people from all over the world trying to get your spot. Wow. So what, what's more effective in my mind is going, I don't have to play the comparison game. Hmm. I actually, whether I'm better or whether I'm worse, I don't really have to participate in that conversation up here. Hmm. Instead, what is the problem? And let me just try to do my very best to solve it. Yeah. <laughs> and and what, what ends up happening is you kind of just end up getting freed up from all of the cognitive garbage that's sure. happening in our brains
0: and then get back to work. Right. I love that term cognitive garbage, man. I, th- I think that's great. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's like we call it head trash around here, but cognitive garbage make yeah. it sound so much more intelligent. I love that, bro. So I'm going to say that. that. Cognitive garbage. A therapist. No, I I love that man. And and I mean, I think I needed to hear that too. Now, kind of on the flip side of of this coin. So when it comes to to winning the room, right? Being aware of their perceptions about you when you're in the room, when you're out of the room, and it's it's kind of understanding that impact. What are maybe some some pitfalls that you would commonly see maybe a lot of professionals, young professionals specifically, fall into that you would advise a, a group of, of you know, post-college to, you know, 20-some to 30-somethings, you know, figuring out their career, really wanting to uh, leave, leave a footprint in what they're doing? What are some pitfalls you would advise us to avoid? Okay, so the um,
1: I think the second thing I'd probably think about um, would be, some folks get into the room and they finally get invited, and they they're kind of like problem spotters, yeah. not problem solvers. Hmm. So like, Men. anybody, Men. anyone, anyone can get in there and be like, "I don't like it. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. lame. That's <laughs> sure." Sucks. Sure. Here's the problem, though. That's okay for some rooms, and you actually need it for a lot of rooms. But when you're in the room with like a CEO a senior pastor, executive, these guys are very busy. Yeah. Their attention spans like ours are very finite. Hmm. And so they're scanning the room for who's got the idea and the solution. Right. So it's cool to mention the problem. Yeah. Who's got the solution or an idea for a solution? Because otherwise you, you just kind of blur into the noise. Sure. Right. So, so I would say like, just temper, temper the problem spotter. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can try to bring some solutions, right. Uh, which leads me to, to this other this other point. Oftentimes we get into the room, we see all these folks who have the ability to, to help improve our situation. Right. And what do we do? We project our angst. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> our angst. Like we're in the trenches, we're in the thick of it. Like so and so won't get back to me. Like you guys haven't tell me like what my budget was, like blah, blah, we're like all this stuff. So you get in the room, you're like, yeah. and you're like you, you just kind of project all the emotion of working in, in that there's a time and a place for that. But when we're in the room working with decision makers or celebrities or influencers, really a better angle is to communicate in straight lines, not in circles. Yeah, that's good. So when you walk into the room, can you, can you say, here's the problem we're facing? This is some ideas that I think we should do. And three reasons why I think we should do them.
0: That's good.
1: Right. Rather than like, Oh man, like all week long we've been doing like, I'm not saying that's not valid, But we should be mindful when we're with decision makers. They will ask you, that's a really interesting idea. Explain it Mm. and then elaborate. Hey, what's stopping us from getting there? Well, first off, I don't know what my budget is. Second, this or that. And you'll be able to explain that stuff. But oftentimes, I think young folks kind of miss the opportunity to really show what their world is like Mm. because they're communicating in circles and not in a straight line.
0: That's really good. Wow. And, And as I hear you say that, I hear a lot of what, probably this takes is, is risk-taking, right? You got to be willing to speak up and know when I, this may be a bit of a confusing question, but I'm curious, how would you potentially advise people to like, uh, analyze risk of knowing, Hey, this is the time to really bring that solution. This is the time to not to, how would you maybe coach us up to say, Hey, here's how you identify opportunities where you can thrive. And here's how maybe this is not an opportunity that you've been gifted to thrive in. How would you maybe coach people in, in navigating that?
1: I mean, I think risk is going to be a part of, of everything, sure. you know, and if we're trying to do something impactful, it's proportionate. The risk will be a pro- proportionate to the opportunity, to the thing mm-hmm. we're trying to do. So we can't be, you, it's like m- my, my friend used to always tell me like, dude, you can't be a cautious creative. That's an oxymoron. You're either cautious or you're creative right? <laughs> so there, there's, there's this idea that especially as creatives, like it's really easy for us to kind of be thinking cautiously, but that's affecting your creative. And, and what ends up happening is that caution and that fear of risk. It's like a gas. If there was a gas leak in this building and it was like all the way on the other side of the room, we would still kind of get a sense like something doesn't smell right. Yeah, like, There's probably a gas leak. Worry and fear of risk expands like a gas and it fills up the space in your brain. So you can't do creative work when you're too busy worrying about, am I going to fail? Yeah. Right. So now I'm not saying don't think through the risk. In fact, think through it. Like take the time with your teams to analyze. Like, hey, this creative idea is it just cool because we think it's cool, or this idea? Forget creative. This idea we're we're thinking of proposing this decision maker. You know, is it just cool because we think it's cool, or do we think it will move the needle on something they care about? Yeah. If so, it's worth the risk.
0: That's good. So it's almost like from, from a high level view, analyzing like what are the problems not only that we see, but what are maybe the problems that, um, someone who has the ability to make choices about our future really see and how do we even step into those realms and offer something creative and, and a solution there? That's good, so man.
1: glad you said that a bit. Just one thing yeah, on yeah. that. One of the, the second piece that I talk a lot about is like problems. We're all solving a lot of problems. We go to work, there's just emails and emails of a ton of problems but those aren't what we would call like a tier one problem. A Mm. tier one problem is what you wanna get in the business of identifying and trying to use your unique skill to solve. A tier one problem put super simply is this. It's something someone's like losing sleep over. Yeah. There's not a single client that I have right now or a CEO that I work with or a manager that I work with that I don't know what's keeping them up at night. Wow. Is it more sales? Is it retention? Is it growth? Is it staff health? Like, what is keeping you up at night? Because if I can figure out how my team and my, my own role can come alongside that problem and help you solve it, I'm a lot harder to get rid of. It's good. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So solve the important problems. And, and what's important isn't always urgent. And what's urgent isn't always important. So, like, you may be dealing with a lot of problems that are urgent, but they're not really important. And at some point or another, we have to, like, kind of zoom out and discern and process that a bit. So we're focusing on or at least our contribution is really trying to focus on the things that are most impactful and important.
0: That high level to like an organization or company, man, that's got me thinking a lot. Um, I know we're 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 a little crammed on time here, so I want to I want to change the dial a little bit here. So uh, a lot of what I hear you saying in in how we win the room, how we become aware of these things, how we flourish in these things, I think you would probably say this is also how we grow a sense of influence in, in within our companies and our jobs amongst our coworkers. I'm I'm really curious for you, like how have you maybe seen this play out really well? How have you seen influence grow? And then as followers of Jesus, as people who really want to make an impact in other people's lives, how have you seen doing this and, and allowing influence to grow in our professional lives, really maybe in your lives and the lives of other people? How have you seen opportunities to really share the gospel and minister to people grow as we do that? Like, I'd be curious for from your own experience how how you've seen that play out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I worked in up into maybe just four or five years ago, the bulk of my work was in very like what we would may say in the church world, secular. secular yeah. Right. It's like just normal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would be in Las Vegas for 15 days doing a show for a hundred thousand people and it, there's no church about it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Or in London or New York or LA or whatever. And, and, and so you have to navigate a lot. What, what I began to realize though, is that the more, what I learned in church about like service really is just, what what is underneath the idea of instrumentality how can i help try to serve right some of these leaders or these folks that god has put in my life for one reason or another right so how could i serve them in that process there is a favor that you get when you are outside of yourself genuinely trying to help genuinely try to make good impact happen the, the natural byproduct, you know, as you win and you do well there, is to get favor and influence, right? So, for me, I feel like that has been a tremendous opportunity to just connect with people that uh, I
0: I probably should have never been able to connect yeah, with, right, right? right? And
1: and just because you're trying to serve them, and and yeah, and just just be a light to them.
0: I love what you said there, too, man. Because I think that like and. I I mean, I've had bad experiences growing up of like the, the knock on the door. Have you heard of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ people, right? It's like maybe well-intended, but to a lot of people that turns them off. And what what I'm hearing you say is that your, your primary motivation, while the, the hope and the goal is, Hey, I hope this person comes to know Jesus. It's not just this like, well, I'm going to share my faith so I can check the box and go home. It's like, no, I'm actually trying to make their life better. I'm trying to serve them and benefit them. And that's kind of the front door. So I think a lot of times, and I know, I mean, I, I work here, but I, I felt this way in so many different areas of my life where if I don't feel like I am vocally saying, hey, have you heard about Jesus in some form or another, then I'm not doing my job. But what I'm hearing you saying, and I actually think this is really, this is biblical. It's a biblical principle is, your your job is to be salt and light to people. It's to make people's lives better, their jobs better, their experiences better. Like just by being around you, they catch a glimpse of something good and how really sharing the gospel with people doesn't always necessarily need to be this overt vocal sense of like, I'm telling you about Jesus. Now those creates opportunities. Absolutely. And I think we should be ready for them. But I love how you say that, man, how it's like, it's just making people's lives sweeter. Like they spend time with you and they go, I really like being around CJ. I really like being around him because he makes my job better. He works hard, but he also makes me uh, feel better or have an essence about him that that really brings that out, man. I love how you said that. Kind of to to wrap up here, final five, 10 minutes. Uh, First and foremost, man, I want to just give you the the floor right now. No questions asked. Anything that would potentially be on your heart that you want to say to a group of young professionals, young professional Jesus followers, like from your gut, man, if you had to leave us with with one or two things, like what would you really want instill and want us to walk away with?
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's a passage in Daniel, Daniel's first chapter of Daniel. It's toward the end of the chapter where it says uh, basically what's happening is Bab- Babylon takes over Israel and King Nebuchadnezzar is like, hey, he does two things immediately. He goes and finds treasure out of the temple and he tries to find talent. It's mm-hmm. two things he does in the first chapter. He's like, get that treasure, get, get the drip. Yay! He, he, he secures the bag. He secures the bag first, and then he's like, "Go get some talent." And yeah. he goes,
0: and he tells his his chief like, "And by talent, you mean like talented people." Yeah, he's saying, like, okay, "Go yeah. find
1: people who are smart." And 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 in Daniel, it lists like he he says specifically, "Go find people who are smart." They're this or that, and he kind of there's a little list there, and so. The, his, his chief of staff or whatever, his, his, his right-hand dude goes into Israel and finds some folks, and they find Daniel and yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? You guys heard the little Bible story. The boys. The boys. <laughs> um, so at the end of that chapter, dude, at the end of the chapter, there's this verse that says, so they took their place in the king's room. Hmm. Some translation says the king's service. But I look at that passage a lot, and I have through my, a lot of my career. They took their spot. They took their place in the king's room. Hmm. Immediately, Daniel, he's, he's your age. Like a lot of theologians are like young 20s, yeah. right? Early, young guy. He immediately starts focusing on instrumentality. They're like, yo, eat this food. This, this is CJ's translation. Yo, <laughs> eat, this, eat this food and wine. He's like, nah, I got a better idea. I'm going to do veggies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to do my own diet. And the he guy, was hipster
0: before anyone else. Right. Dude, and the guy, it.
1: the guy goes, man, I can't let you do that. Cause it's on me. The risk. There's yeah. the risk. If I risk you doing this and you come in all mounted Mount nurse Mount and whatever, it's on me. So there's yeah. the risk. Daniel pushes back, trust us in 10 days. Here's the result. And if, if we don't look right, we'll, we'll do what you want us to sure. do. He's already dealing with power. He's already working with the decision maker as a young person. So one, he gets in the room, right? He's in the king's room. And then you see him immediately as a young person, like navigating that power. Hmm. Was he a jerk? No. Was he like just trying to be nice? I don't know. Like sometimes I think we think we, as Christians, we got to just be super sweet. Yeah, just posh. Yeah, yeah, like we get run over, right? Again, I'm not saying be a jerk, but you can be strong and assertive and in it just to try to make an impact. And so I've always loved that passage and have gone back to it time and time again, because I think it models a lot of what we've discussed.
0: Yeah. That's great, man. I love it. Um, Mandy to, to, to close here, we'll get you out of here. I know you got a flight to catch. Would you mind just, uh, just quickly, just, just praying for this group real quick. And then, then we'll let you get out of here. Awesome, man. Let's do it. God, thanks so much
1: uh, for this time and, and this group of people, many who I just don't know, but you know, and, I don't know where they are in their life and their work first. I'm sure that there are plenty of people here who feel a deep sense, a calling, a passion, something that is stirring in them. And I just pray that you would, you would comfort them and that you would continue to propel them toward that, that they would have the courage to move toward that, uh, no matter if they feel like they're experiencing victories right this second or not, that they would just stay the course and do the work. I also just pray uh, for those who are trying to make an impact, maybe feel like they've been banging their head against the wall or maybe feel like they're not really being listened to or, or heard or compensated, whatever it is. I pray that you would just give them, help them find this new tool set and begin to practice some of these things around perception and finding the right problems to solve, stepping outside of themselves and really helping others and really using all of their talent to do that. Would you bless this time and these people? Uh, we love you lord in your name amen amen hey guys we have a big hand for cj real
0: quick he's awesome brother hey thanks so much for tuning in for today's episode want to make you all aware of something that's coming up if you live in the denver or the colorado area we have our Flatirons young adults christmas party coming up on thursday december 8th at a place called asterisk in denver starting at 7 p.m you don't want to miss it we throw the best holiday party, the best Christmas party in the state of Colorado. If you want to be there, go ahead and go to com slash adults. Click on the Christmas party tab and you can register yourself and your friends. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. We can't wait to see you there and we'll see you on the next episode.